If you're listening to this, then you likely already know that being an independent musician can be a lonely road. And maybe your friends and your family just don't fully understand why you do what you do or why you invest so much time, energy, and, and money towards achieving your music goals. And especially early on, it can be hard to find people who really understand what you're trying to accomplish and how to make it happen. Uh, so that's where Modern Musician comes in. My name is Michael Walker, and you know I can understand and relate to that feeling. I've been there myself, and so has our team of independent artists. And the truth is that basically everything good in my life has been the result of music. It's the reason I met my wife. It's why I have my three kids. It's how I met my best friends. And now with Modern Musician, we've seen so many talented artists who started out with a dream, with a passion, but without really a fan base without a business and be able to take that and turn it into a sustainable full-time career and be able to impact hundreds of thousands, even millions of fans with their music. And we've had thousands of messages from artists who told us that we've helped change their lives forever. And it just gets even more exciting and fulfilling when you're surrounded by a community of other people who get it and who share their success and their knowledge with each other openly. And so if you are feeling called to make your music a full-time career and to be able to reach more people with your music, then I want to invite you to join our community so that we can support your growth and help lift you up as you pursue your musical dreams. You'll be able to interact in a community with other high-level artists, coaches, and industry professionals, as well as be able to participate in our daily live podcasts, meet these amazing guests, and get access to completely free training. If you'd like to join our family of artists who truly care about your success, then click on the link in the show notes and sign up now. Hey, what's up? And welcome to the first ever Modern Musician Podcast. And so because this is the first time we're ever doing one of these, I wanted to record a quick intro and just share a little bit about who exactly this is for and what you can expect from, from the podcast and why we're doing this in the first place. So uh, really the main purpose of this podcast is that you know, nowadays there's, there's so many talented musicians and the capability that we have to record music ourselves without necessarily needing to go to a professional recording studio and the resources we have to be able to, to share our music online are so incredible and the impact you can make with your music is so incredible but one thing that's really challenging is now that there's so much music and so many things happening online how do you actually stand out like how do you actually get your music in front of the right people and how do you turn it into a sustainable business how do you actually make an income with your music so that you can rely on it instead of having to split your time with you know a day job or something to support yourself so really the main focus of this podcast is going to be about how do you take music that you've recorded, high quality music, and how do you get in front of the right people and how do you actually turn it into a business? So a little bit about me. Uh, my name is Michael Walker and I've been running this business, Bonnie Musician, for about two and a half years now. And I started it on the back end of touring full time with my band Paradise Fears and we had gotten from a point where when we first started out, we had no idea what we were doing and we made about every mistake in the book. And I remember starting out, we literally lived in our van and slept in Walmart parking lots on, on tour and, and eventually got to a point where, you know, we figured some stuff out and we got to a point that we had about 24 million Spotify streams. We toured worldwide with a lot of our favorite bands, released an album that hit number two on iTunes. And when I started Modern Musician, I was basically at a point that I was getting ready to start my family and I wanted to figure out a way that I could provide for them without being gone for most of the year, without relying on paradise fears. And so, um, really this has become a, a huge passion for me, modern musician, helping other artists to build a successful music career. And, you know, reflecting on, on my life, pretty much everything that's good in my life is because of music. You know, like I've met my best friends and met my wife and, and have our, our two kids because, you know, because of music, it brought us together and it's something I feel so grateful for. And I love seeing that kind of impact that music is having on the lives of the artists that we're working with and the fans that, that they're connecting with. It really has this amazing ability to, to heal and to bring people together. And so really the purpose of, of all of this is to allow you as an artist to express who you are and to reach the right people who need to hear your music. And so that's a little bit about the purpose behind this podcast. And I think you're going to find it hugely valuable if you're an artist that's looking to reach more people and make an income with your music. So one quick request, you know, this is our first time uh, ever releasing a podcast episode. And the way that the algorithm works is that if we want to get featured on new and noteworthy, the best way that we can do that is by you right now, clicking the subscribe button and letting 
iTunes know that this is something that you value, that you want to hear more about. And so if you could do me a huge favor and click on the subscribe button, then I'd really appreciate it. And that'll help us to be able to, to reach more people. And so with all that being said, let's go ahead and let's dive in. It's easy to get lost in today's music industry with constantly changing technology and where anyone with a computer can release their own music. But I'm going to share with you why this is the best time to be an independent musician and it's only getting better. If you have high quality music, but you just don't know the best way to promote yourself so that you can reach the right people and generate a sustainable income with your music, we're going to show you the best strategies that we're using right now to reach millions of new listeners every month without spending 10 hours a day on social media. We're creating a revolution in today's music industry, and this is your invitation to join me. I'm your host, Michael Walker. All right, so I'm incredibly excited to be here today with uh, Andrea Stolpe, who is a multi-platinum songwriter and performing artist. She's written songs for uh, artists like Faith Hill, uh, Jimmy Wayne, and a bunch of other artists. And uh, right now she's been teaching a course called Commercial Songwriting Techniques at Berkeley for 10 years. And she's just an all-around songwriting lyric uh, genius. And so I'm really excited to talk today about some ideas for how can you take your songwriting to the next level? Because as an artist, songwriting is, is so, so important. It's the core of, of who you are and your success with your music. So uh, Andrea, thank you so much for, for being here today. Thank you for having me. That was quite the intro. I know I I have I like do a lot of research before I do these and um and it's great like you're you're in good company there's some really amazing people that are bringing on and and you I mean you're one of those people so I just appreciate mm -hmm. you taking the time to be here today and just to, to share your wisdom because you know you don't necessarily have to have to share it but but you do and it's super appreciated and so I've done a little bit of research on you and I've you know kind of heard heard your story but I'd love to hear a little bit more from you about um, about your story and kind of how you got to this point where you became a multi-platinum songwriter, you know, like what, what was your, your journey like? Yeah. Well, so I always like to say I'm, I'm extremely lucky because I started out in, um, the music industry at a very, not, not a, not a young, young age, but I was 22. I had just graduated from Berkeley college and I moved to Nashville. So, um, I didn't have a lot of the constraints that uh, that that people often have when they wish to go into music and had gone into other careers and things. So that helped because I was able to, you know, live month to month, not really knowing where the next paycheck was coming from, but it was all good. I worked at a temp agency, just just doing odd jobs for about a year and a half. And then during that time, I wrote with anybody I could. And the way I did that was by uh, going to a lot of uh, writers in the rounds, shows, performances, whatever I could get into in order to meet people. So if I heard a songwriter um, playing and, and I dug what they did, which was pretty much everybody at that point, you know, I, I said yes to everything. Then I try to talk to them afterwards, ask them how they, how they're doing, where they, how they get to where they are. And so through that process, eventually, after about a year and a half, I got a co-publishing deal. So there was a writer who was signed to this particular publisher who was interested in working with me. And so they, he shared the publishing, my publishing, half-half um, with, with his company, publishing company that he was signed to and himself. So, which was a really great deal because I got the opportunity, I had access to the pluggers at a major publishing company to hear my songs and give me advice um, and guidance. But I also had a songwriter who, as a mentor, who had been doing it for years and years. And so he and I wrote together a lot and I learned about how to co-write and a, a lot about what it, kinds of songs, the quality of songs, more on the pulse of what is Nashville, and got to see the demo process, which all those pieces are things that take um, take a lot of time mm -hmm. to understand. You know, what do I need to to write to sound like to produce in order to get cuts and be heard in the Nashville market? So from there. It was just a series of uh, getting a deal, getting dropped, getting a deal, getting dropped, getting another deal, getting dropped, you know, over the course of 10 years until uh, in that time, getting some cuts and getting some momentum. Awesome. So it sounds like what you're saying is that, um, especially at the beginning, 
and this this reminds me of, of our own story and, and i hear this all the time is because everyone starts somewhere right so part of the reason that you got to this place was because you took the time at the beginning to connect with people and to show up to those songwriting rounds and to meet and to be curious and to build those relationships and that's sort of what was you know, help you to evolve and to find your mentor. And so yeah. just like a willingness to show up in the right places and, and meet people seems like a really important, really important thing to do. It is. And it it's a lot easier when you're in the music town, right? And I mm -hmm. think definitely in the way that the times are now, we can connect with people virtually, but it's- Look at what we're doing right now. We're doing, <laughs> <laughs> we're doing the connecting through Zoom. In, right. Boom. Totally. But- on the other hand, um, you know, just like sifting through online to try to find music that I love, it's hard because there's so much noise. How do you sift through, you know, how do you even know who would like to connect with you? How do you build a community when you're living in Illinois, when you're living in, you know, Washington State, where do you go? So I think um, it's a different kind of a problem and, and uh, one that we can explore but there's, you know, back in that time, the community was physical and it was, it's in front of you. You go and you, you, you just make yourself visible to people at whatever events you can. Mm. So, yeah, that's, but it's, I mean, it, it, it doesn't change. Nowadays, too, it's, it's still a powerful thing to be in the face of uh, the people that you want to work with. So. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah, it's kind of like the, the tools can change in terms of how, you show up and how you connect with people. But at yeah. its root, it's really kind of the same thing, just connecting with people. And you know, of course, face-to-face -face is a good way to do that. I know that you have so much expertise around, uh, around songwriting. And specifically, I think I remember saying that you had actually written a book on, um, on lyrics specifically. So um, I guess my, my first uh, real question for you in terms, of, in terms of the songwriting is when you first start, because at this point you've worked with a lot of different musicians and you've helped to share the wisdom and the experience that you've created for yourself with other people. Mm -hmm. What have you noticed have been some of the biggest challenges or the biggest stumbling blocks that artists have when they first come to you when it comes to like songwriting? That's a, I mean, that's a, it's a good question. And it's a, it's a big question. Many of the common problems in terms of uh, writing can be, I think, kind of boiled down to one bigger problem, which is a lack of what do I want to create and how do I measure whether I have created it and, and break that bigger idea of what it's going to sound like down into its individual parts. I think most of us know when we're not creating what we want. And that comes up when we feel writer's block. And part of the reason why we're blocked is because, for example, um, I'm writing things down and I'm, and I'm playing ideas but nothing's really hitting me as special today, you know, or I, my lyrics are all really cheesy, or I write a verse and a chorus, and I don't know where to go with the rest of it, you know, so those are common things. I, I, all my songs sound the same. Um, not enough contrast between a verse and a chorus, or what is a pre-chorus, and how do I write this bridge, and, you know, and that's all just the writing part and then the, the demoing of the song or recording of it is another beast. So I think through um, any, any education that we might do around writing songs, you've got the education where people say, here's how to write a hit song. You know, that hit word gets thrown around a lot, um, how to be commercial. And yes, a commercial song has qualities to it, characteristics, we'll say, that we can mimic and then apply those imitations to what we do with our own artistry and then therefore wind up with something that sounds like us that fits the expectation of a commercial song. So, you know, I think that practice is really essential to um, gaining insight into how do I measure and by, by what measurements do I decide if what I'm writing for my own artistry is something really good or if it's contrived in some manner. It's very much like 
if you want to learn to paint, you can either do it on your own for 30 years and, you know, hopefully you'll have some artistic voice visually that's appealing. But it's also very accepted to say, I'm going to go to art school and I'm going to explore, you know, I don't, I don't know anything about art, but I'm going to explore visually um, this, this idea of thirds and I'm going to understand where the eye is drawn and I'm going to look at brush strokes and paint and whatever. It's the same thing with songwriting, though I think I was talking with somebody recently, uh, a songwriter and hit, hit writer, right? Liz Rose, who wrote half of Taylor Swift songs or like 22 of them. She um, was telling me that she doesn't like to think about songwriting in terms of craft, you know, doesn't like to write that way. And, um, and I know she's not alone. A lot of uh, big writers and, and musicians, artists who are ex extremely successful, they don't necessarily know how to talk about the craft. And I think there's something unromantic about saying, well, I see what you did here. The shape of your melody in the verse is like this, and then you do this, and then it goes like that. You know, it kind of takes the romance out of it when we're trying to um, understand things like, what are my artistic tendencies with melody? For example, do I tend to always play and then start singing after the downbeat? That's a rhythmic thing that if I know that's part of what makes what I do melodically interesting at times, or at least characterizes something that my melodies do, that's a powerful bit of insight. Because now I know when I wanna do something different I know to look for that tendency and I can control it now. So I think that even if highly successful writers, meaning people who are able to more consistently craft something that is on the pulse of the commercial market and is more or less on the better side of their best you know, work, I think that, yeah, they're definitely involving craft talent for sure. But the, the, after you've written a thousand songs, it's ingrained. How long should the verse, what do I feel, you know, where do I feel like I should go now with a pre-chorus? How do I make sections contrast? I mean, there's all kinds of crafty things that have just become tools that you apply naturally. And it looks effortless, but it's only because it's been done a thousand times. That was fantastic. And so to kind of recap, um, what it sounds like you're saying is that the biggest challenge or obstacle that, that you see for most uh, artists who are struggling with this is that they don't really have a clear vision of what they even really want to create. And they're kind of, it's kind of like stumbling around in the dark and they don't even, they don't know what they don't know. And one analogy that comes to mind is uh, kind of like a, a, having a map, you know, like having a map and knowing that you have this like destination it's going to help significantly knowing where you want to get to if you're kind of following this map. And with some of the artists that are so good, that is just like natural. It's basically like they don't need the map anymore because they've done, they've gone the path so many times. It's just, it's automatic. They don't have to think about it. But yeah. for everyone else who's just getting started, if you don't have any sort of education and you're not learning from a mentor or someone that you know, kind of has this map, has this knowledge that can help yeah. you, then it's kind of like you're stumbling around and maybe you'll find a way to your destination, but you also have to decide where do you want to go to in the first place. Totally. Um, awesome. So for, for an artist who's, they don't really have a clear vision or an idea of what they, where they want to get to or what, what they really want to say, how would you recommend, like, where do they start? Like, how do they, where do they pull that inspiration from for their first songs? So when you say um, what they want to say to me, uh, so we, we could break that down into lyrically and musically. A great everyday tool for generating lyric material is to do what we call sensory writing. So sensory writing is the same as journaling in that it's kind of stream of consciousness, just dumping. But if you only do that kind of writing journaling, what it lacks is all the stuff that makes songs believable and unique and specifically ours. Um, and so it's not, songs are not just ranting and raving at random about a topic, right? So with songs, we can generally 
I expect that the chorus is going to contain a main message and, and it might be, you know, hinged around a title for country song writing styles, more tangible lyric styles, not just country, but folk Americana. We're going to generally find that the title is um, clearly summarizing the main message of the song. And for other styles, uh, pop, you know, like Coldplay would not necessarily say, you can't necessarily see that thin red line that says, here's how all of this verse lyric supports that one title idea in the chorus. It's a little more abstract and metaphorical. And so I think that to really understand what it is that I wanna say as an artist, there's a point at which I need to stop pursuing how great it's gonna be when I sound like, cause we always have these sound like, you know, I'm gonna sound like so-and-so artist in it. And I love Sting and I spent so many years trying to sound like Sting. And what would happen is my lyrics would sound just really, oh God, annoying. So poetic and just patronizing cause I was constantly trying to deliver these big ideas and none of it was believable. And, and poetic to the point where you didn't know what I was talking about anymore. And so I was kind of not um, in, I was not involving my own uh, thoughts and feelings and ideas. But once I started doing this sensory writing, which is journaling, but through taste, touch, sight, sound, smell, and movement, then I started to drum up visual images, um, and moments that were worthy of writing about. And so those moments then became more verse material for songs. And then I could use the more summarizing language, the, well, how do I think and feel about that moment? Um, that would be more of the chorus material for my songs. So, and we find that, that that's, kind of the way it goes with songs in, in general, um, that they're, they're not just random strings of words and phrases and, you know, this outpouring of, of stuff. And when a song is that way, when it's light on the lyric, there's something going on musically that's driving the song. There has to be, or there's no sort of anchor point in the tune. Either way is okay. You know, some of us are more uh, interested in, 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 in some songs in creating a lyrically driven experience, but not all songs work that way. Sometimes it's a musically driven experience and the lyric is going to be a little more light. But sensory writing, I think, is the first thing that I would absolutely do. And the next thing would be to um, attempt to give myself daily writing activities that may or may not be writing a song every day. You know, it could be writing, uh, this week I'm going to write choruses. I'm going to write one a day and I'm going to do it in 20 minutes. And so through this free writing, I'm going to end up with phrases that can be, uh, that just kind of thrill me. Like I, I write, I, I just stream of consciousness writing and then a phrase pops out and like, that could be a title. The first thing I'll do is try to repeat that title four times, you know, and just let it be that simple. The next thing I might do is try to think of a swing line or a developmental line to throw in there. So title, title, develop it with a new idea and title again. And it feels very scripted. And at the same time, what I'm doing, another way to kind of reframe that is I am guiding my inspiration. I'm saying, awesome inspiration. You have great ideas for me. Now I'm gonna, I'm gonna help you to mold them into an option. Here's another option. Here's another option and an option and an option until I'm less clinging less tightly to my ideas. And they are more, more just possibilities than something that has to work, you know? So like, obviously with, with a song, it's not always this way if it's more metaphorical, but a lot of times the title is going to be the hook or it's going to be the point. And everything you know, kind of revolves around this, this main point that you're making with a song. And one really valuable exercise to do 
is to get into your sensory experience and to do some some free flow stream of consciousness writing, kind of like journaling, but more directed towards this the songwriting practice. And a lot of times, um, verses and like pre-courses, those are kind of an opportunity in a song to go really deep into the sensory experience and to take like to take moments and to actually like moments that you can see and that you can you can feel and taste and that you can actually experience vicariously and then the chorus is sort of an opportunity to zoom zoom out a little bit and talk about what the verses really lead to or what the whole point how they come together and the other thing you recommended was uh that figure out like some some time for daily a daily practice in terms of songwriting whether it's writing songs or just being creative and writing in general like 20 minutes right. so one question I had for you about the stream of consciousness writing, because that idea sounds really, really cool and just like fun to try out. Mm-hmm. Would you, so how does that, how does that look? Do you have like a notebook that you physically like write out and you just kind of sit down and set a timer and then you just like write like everything that comes up in your mind, like as it comes up or do you like type it or how, how exactly does that work? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Sometimes I type it. Sometimes I write it. Sometimes I take a walk and I'll just talk into, you know, dictate on my phone. Um, the way that that works best might be something that, that everybody can play with depending on your own style and comfort. I think what I'm trying to do is do it in a way that removes the filter, removes the sense of needing it to be any particular way. And sometimes when my hands are engaged in, in the writing, I'm thoughtful about, is this a good idea? Is this a good idea? So that internal mm-hmm. critic gets engaged and we don't want that Mm. the brain this brainstorming part of the process is is the one part where it's separate from editing it's separate from me looking at the ideas and saying but i want you to be commercial but i want you to be you know the the up tempo on my record of ballads but i need you to be you know so you're just allowing it to flow and so what happens is when, when we do this, we're able to write lyrics, lift phrases and words out of that, more full phrases, that are actually capable of being lyric. And so they're much more conversational, easy to sing. They don't sound crafted. So a good way to do this can be, and this is in my book, Popular Lyric Writing, and I'm not the first person to ever say this. This, this has been done many, many many years ago in creative writing, of course, first place to do it. And then in, in other songwriting books. So the way to start might be through an object. So you choose any object and then start to write about that object um, it, as if it's a visual in your mind, a photograph in your mind. In terms of how it, uh, how it looks, usually sight is the first one we come out with and then usually that's where we stop Um, but we have taste touch sight sound smell and movement so if you're talking about teacup then you know it doesn't have a taste but maybe the earl gray tea is a little bit bitter because once again grandma left the tea bag in there for a long time and it's cold and the cream has got a film on the top you know so you'd start to see these things and, uh, and have an experience with the teacup. Maybe there's a crack and it's um, kind of a glossy ceramic, but the crack is dark gray and it's, it's jagged. And so I'm just gonna allow myself to um, experience that object. When it comes to smell, you know, sometimes we'll dig into similes. It smells like, and that's okay, but you can also just approach it as, as an adjective. Um, you know, the, the Earl Grey tea, uh, acrid, you know, flowery. Um, so you can dig into adjectives and, and, and uh, to, to really get into the smells in more specificity rather than it was smelly. You know, it's not, not really describing anything. Another thing we can do is dig into a location to write about. So I call writing from a where or a who or a when. And those are the three. So in that case, you can hear in, can I quote song lyrics here? Oh yeah, I, um, I think yeah. so. <laughs> okay. Yeah, no, right. I, I, think it's, I think it's totally, totally fine. Um, and so we, you can 
totally see in many, many songs how the location is the setting for the first verse. And so you can, Sarah Bareilles, uh, King of Anything, you know, the first verse describes her sitting, looking out the window. I'm imagining a coffee shop, I think. And the cars are streaming by or blurring by. In John Mayer, um, Why Georgia? And he does this in so many, he's just an expert at setting scene. Um, I am driving up 85. The very first line says who, when, and where. And so um, this is the product or can be the product of when we sensory write. So sensory writing, you can do it from um, a location like airport or airport uh, watching a plane take off. You could do it from a when, like midnight on the 4th of July. The more specific we get, the sometimes easier it is to dig in and write something. So let's say just after the fireworks, 4th of July, packing up the picnic blanket. Crowds are dispersing. So the more, the more I fill in there in terms of the scene, the more I feel like, oh, I can write something. When we have no ideas and we're sitting down and thinking, what the heck am I gonna write about? A lot of times we're kind of just floating on the surface of nothing in particular. So if you give yourself some anchor point, whether it's a who, a where, or a when, or a mixture of those, then ideas start to come. And I think that's why many times, um, Song, song ideas are sometimes hard to write because these concepts of writing about a breakup, writing about meeting somebody special, right? You know, it's all, it's, those are the, the concepts of hundreds of thousands of songs, millions of songs. And so it's clearly not the concept of a song generally that, that writes a great song, but it's the, it's the inside guts of the tune, melodically, harmonically, lyrically, that make it something special. Oh, what's up, guys? So quick intermission from the podcast so I can tell you about an awesome free gift that I have for you. So because this is our first podcast ever, I wanted to share something that's not normally available to the public. They normally reserve for our $5,000 clients that we work with personally. This is a presentation called Six Steps to Explode Your Fan Base and Make a Profit with Your Music Online. And specifically, we're going to walk through how to build a paid traffic and automated funnel that's going to allow you to grow your fan base online in a system designed to get you to your first $5,000 a month with your music. We've invested over $130,000 in the past year to test out different traffic sources and different offers and really see what's working best right now for musicians. And so I think it's going to be hugely valuable for you. And so if that's something you're interested in, in the description, there should be a little link that you can click on to go get that. And uh, the other thing I want to mention is, you know, if you want to do us a, a huge favor, one thing that really makes a big difference early on when you're creating a new podcast is if people click subscribe, then it basically lets the algorithm know that this is something that's new and noteworthy and that uh, people actually want to hear. And so that'll help us reach a lot more people. So if you're getting value from this and you get value from the free trainings, then if you want to do us a favor, I'd really appreciate you clicking the subscribe button. All right, let's get back to the podcast. So it sounds like what you're saying is that you know, part of the, the beauty of this style of songwriting is that it allows you to get into a lot more detail. And to, when you can describe the actual, the senses and the experience, then it's a lot more evocative than if you, you just were being a little bit more vague. But if you can dive in and to, and to really talk about and to set the scene, then that makes it a lot more, it kind of allows you to visualize it and to actually experience it. True. And and one thing that, that you mentioned that that I thought was really interesting, and I've and I've heard this a lot, and I've you know experienced this in, in my own songwriting, is the two the two different modes of of uh, songwriting where it could be like like the brainstorming part at the beginning where you're mm -hmm. just being creative and it's like you know there's no there's no right or wrong, it's just coming out, and the refining and the editing and how yeah. the editing can just kill the creative part so quickly. Yeah. Um, so do you, 
do you have any like special processes or, you know, you talked a little bit about how in that brainstorming, when you're doing the, the stream of consciousness, it's really all about just no filters, just kind of letting it all come out. Do yeah. you, do you just like kind of structurally set up some different like points where it's like, okay, like I'm going to have this first, when I'm writing a song, I'm going to just do all the creative brainstorming. I'm going to let it all out. And then, you know, a day from now I'm going to come back and I'm going to have let my like refining, I'm going to edit it a little bit more. Or how do you, mm -hmm. how do you kind of balance those two different, components yeah yeah there there's no single bullet that's going to take care of every song every idea right but i think the the big broadest answer to that is i when i when i feel a stalling of my ideas or i'm getting unsure of what's good and what's not good what suits the idea what doesn't musically and lyrically i change my process or i put it down and this has been a product of you know, I used to be able to spend three, four, five, seven hour writing sessions. What the heck else do I have to do? Now there's plenty of us else to do. So I have found that shorter writing periods, even, you know, going for a walk where, okay, now I'm just gonna wait. What am I really trying to say with this song? And I'll talk it into my phone. Um, can help me to un just unlock what, the next step that I need. Sometimes I need to finish a song and accept that it is not how I had hoped it would be. And I could either spend um, another 10 hours trying to rework an idea where frankly, the groove and the, and, and, the, and the underlying foundation of the song is just not awesome. Maybe it's good, but it's not what I had hoped it would be. So sometimes I have to just stop and say, wait a minute, is it better that I work on this for 10 hours? Or is it better that I start something new? Or give this to a collaborator and be like, can you do anything with this? Because I'm really digging the pre-chorus and the chorus, but I think this verse isn't working. So um, I think beginning to look at these things as assets, as options, is, is what I've had to do having less time on my hands. I, you know, it'd be nice if I could finish everything on my own and write five just amazing songs and deliver an EP in the next, you know, three months. And I do have uh, de delusions like this frequently that this will be my life, but it's not reality and that's okay. And so um, you do the best you can, but I think putting a time limit is, an, is a big part of my process because it's, it's really a decision that I've made to sit and bang my head against the wall with an idea that's not going where I'd like it to go. So I guess part of that answer is, even though I've got all these tools, and I know that there are many tools I can rely on, sometimes it's just inspiration that I need and can't access. Awesome, so it sounds like what you're saying is that, that sometimes if you force it, if you try to force it, if you try to refine it and it's just not coming, then it can be counterproductive and it's going to just make it worse. So you've kind of gotten to a point where you have a good internal sense of how much time should I really invest into this? And if I find myself really hitting a block, then resisting it and trying to force it isn't, you know, isn't going to, isn't going to fix it. So either you'll, you have some different ways of shifting your process or you might have some, um, some connections you can collaborate with and kind of share the song with some other people. Right. Um, that, that strikes me as, as really important is, is having, um, those songwriting collaborators or people that you trust or people that you can bounce ideas off of. Yeah. Um, it, it seems like a challenge that a lot of artists have is that they have this idea that they need to do it all on their own or like that they're, maybe they're somehow sacrificing their artistic integrity right. if they, you know, if they co-write some songs or if they, you know, get ideas from other people. So how would you how would you recommend someone kind of start building those relationships or start, or kind of if they're but writing their own songs and they have that experience where they're like, Oh, I'm feeling a little bit blocked. Um, how would you recommend that they start, you know, collaborating with other songwriters? Yeah, for sure. Well, I think it's, it's not difficult to say, I will now find other people who do music or some kind of writing uh, poetry or something and I will play my ideas for them and and see if they wanted to collaborate on something I think you know generally we can figure out ways to do that to find groups of people whether it's through a class at the community college an online platform um, 
going out to a show and seeing some music. I think the next step after that is, is finding a community, whether it's one or three or five people or 15, who, um, who are interested in hearing us and, and really understanding where we're coming from artistically. So really listening and considering our ideas at the same time as we would like to consider theirs. And I think with that, realistically, it's how do you, maybe a simpler way to say that would be, how do you find somebody whom you believe is able to elevate your, your, you know, your creativity? Because you want to be working with people who have complementary skills, bring things that you can't bring um, or, or don't like to bring. That might be one place to start, is to start by understanding your own skills and preferences. I think that it would not be a great choice to go out and find other lyric writers if the goal is to wind up with some songs I can be really proud of. Because then the two of us are going to probably be, you know, struggling to, to finish songs again. But I would rather go out and say, you know what, I'm going to explore the possibility of meeting um, some instrumentalists that I could work with, with, with my lyrics. If I don't sing, you know, similarly, I'm going to make sure that whomever I connect with has the ability to really hear my lyrics, has a lot of experience singing other people's songs, you know, and maybe even writes. So I think that's the first thing is understand my assets and work on finding people with complementary skills. And that could be anywhere. It could be a church community. It could be a community college or uh, a program, whatever it is. NSAI has, uh, National Songwriters Association has groups all across the country where other songwriters and people meet could be a possibility. But there again, you know, I think getting clear about what are my assets, what's the strongest element of songwriting that I bring and, and be, try to be real honest with that because that's what you're leading with in order to say, I'm going to let this song's element rest on me and find a similarly strong element in someone else. Um, and sometimes what we find when we just look for songwriters to collaborate with is we're sort of jack of all trades, you know, expert at none. Um, and so if you want to elevate your craft, look beyond the, you know, the, 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 the folks that would kind of do everything a little bit because it's, it's harder to learn from that. Fantastic. So um, when it comes to collaborating, you know, it's really important to one dial in yourself and have some honest self-reflection and maybe even get some feedback from people who have the expertise and the perspective to be able to share with you. This is where you're really strong and to see it like as a pattern so that, you yeah. know, your assets, so you know, you know, not only what you're good at, but what you can complement in another person and knowing, yeah. having that knowledge is going to, going to allow you to look for complementary um, collaborators of people that fill in the gaps, people that maybe they're really good at this thing, but they're not as good at, at your skill, your strength as, as you are. So when you come together, then you can kind of fill in, fill in each other's gaps. So what would you say are, if you had to kind of break down uh, songwriting as a skill set, you know, with like, you know, lyric writing and melody writing and writing harmonies and uh, instrumentally, like, what would you, how would you describe some of the strengths that people could kind of reflect on in themselves and think, you know, what, what are my strengths? Um, what, what are some of those things that, that you would look at? I think that it's absolutely essential that we play our songs for other people people who are interested in, in listening, really listening to us. So it's by that feedback. And this is what, what artists do who, who um, play their songs and, and perform for years and years on end, even if the feedback is not necessarily verbalized in a way that's directly commenting on the song. It's sort of a nonverbal transference of information when, when you're playing for an audience and you can you can feel it in the room uh, over time, you know, what the audience is really responding to. 
if you get comments, for example, you know, after, after performing and presenting your songs, like, oh, I really love your voice. And you get that over and over again. Take that to heart. You have a nice voice. Does it mean that you need work on your songs? It might. It might be that your vocal is the driving element that people are drawn to. And that's a beautiful thing. It's a huge asset. So you need to dig deeper then with um, how do you get useful feedback from other people? This goes for people in the music industry too, because you know we all listen um, through the lens of what we appreciate at the moment. And it can be, we, we need something that's highly commercial, it, uh, memorable within the first you know, 15, 20 seconds. And so if this doesn't fit what I need, you know, I'm not going to bother giving you feedback. It's also really challenging to give feedback on, on songwriting because I think useful feedback will give the songwriter a tool to address the issue. So, I mean, I've had plenty of feedback over the years from publishers who didn't sign me and those who did to um, address issues in the songs, but they had no idea how to fix those issues. And so there again, um, I know that feeling of being overwhelmed with, okay, they said they don't, uh, it's not clear who the characters are, what's happening to whom, or you know, uh, when, it, when it's happening, or I thought they felt this way, and then down here they feel another way, and that's just lyrics, right? So um, it's really helpful to get feedback from a, a few people who can address how to fix what what your issue is so how do you again how do you know what your strengths are when you play someone a song sometimes playing them a whole song is just too much information and so you might play just a verse and a chorus and say okay here's a couple of questions did you like the groove do you feel like what do you feel like when you're listening to the music does it feel like it's saying what the lyrics are saying do you feel like the message of this? What do you think the message is? What do you feel like I'm telling you? Do you like this artist who's singing? How do you feel towards the artist who's saying these things? What, what genre do you feel like this is? You know, um, was it clear? Was the chorus section clear to you or were you unsure of where you were in the song? Can you sing the melody of the verse? Can you sing the melody of the chorus? Were there any areas in the song where you checked out? Did you start thinking about what you're going to have for lunch at any point in this experience, right? <laughs> what we can also do is play people a few, you know, a group. I always do this. I play somebody, not one song, but three, and I ask them about their favorite. Ultimately, they'll just go right in and tell me which one was their favorite. But what that does is get them talking about something because now they have a contrast they have an ability to hold one against the other and that's helpful for people who can't really access the language to describe it so i think i i would definitely ask for those specific characteristics to try to understand what how they're feeling musically because you know when we play songs for people we're fighting with all kinds of things they're hearing a recording many times. They're also hearing, if they're hearing a produ production, a produced version of your song, then they might confuse the song with the production. You know, so people really don't know what they're commenting on. So you really got to ask them to try to pull out the answers you need. So it sounds like what you're saying is that it's just, it's just really important in general to get honest, honest feedback and get to true feedback. And it can be a little bit challenging based on who you're asking because they yeah. might not even really know how to give the feedback. So if you're pretty precise with the questions that you ask, then you can get much better answers. And, um, and like an overall uh, message that I feel like I'm hearing from you is to, in general, like to be successful with songwriting, to sometimes let go of what you think it should be, of what, of kind of putting it into something, being more open and, and maybe that's a way of even getting perspective yourself because you're kind of creating space to, to let go and kind of observe it for, for what it is. Yeah. Um, yeah, specifically 
starting to build, starting to build a network of people that you can depend on, that you can reach out to, maybe sharing three, three different songs and starting out the conversation, you know, which was, which of these three was your favorite. And that is a good way as kind of an icebreaker to get, get the, the flow of the conversation going. Right. Great. Cool. So Andrea, you're awesome. Thank you so much for taking the time to, to be here today. Thank you so much. It's so fun to talk. If someone right now is watching this and they're like, mm -hmm. Andrea is awesome. I want to go get her book. I want to connect more with her. How can people find you? Um, so you can go to my website, andreastolpe.com. Um, and, uh, you can also reach me, Andrea at andreastolpe.com. Um, I'm on Facebook, um, Andrea Stolpe official. All those places are, are pretty good ways. Um, I think the book is on Amazon, uh, popular lyric writing, 10 steps to effective storytelling. I have another book called beginning, uh, songwriting that I wrote for my, uh, students at university of Southern California. It's a comprehensive introductory uh, into songwriting book and uh, teach courses at uh, Berkeley online, um, which are really excellent for learning these, these tools that we're talking about. I know getting better, growing as a songwriter, writing better and better songs, it can feel like a huge mountain to climb. And at the same time, it is it is possible to improve and to improve drastically with dramatic results if we know what to do, you know, where to put our energy. So I just want to encourage people to whatever you do, look for resources. There's tons of resources out there on how to improve as a songwriter. And uh, I'm happy to post um, or to respond to inquiries about what are those resources, but look everywhere and anywhere and see what you can drum up. Because if you do exercises that help you to become better, you'll see dramatic improvement over time. It just takes, it, it just takes making yourself do the daily writing. Love it. Cool. All right. Awesome. So Andrea, again, thank you so much. I uh, hope you have a great rest of your day. Great meeting you. Thank you for the interview and Take I'll care. talk to you guys soon. Bye-bye. Hey, it's Michael here. I hope that you got a ton of value out of this episode. Make sure to check out the show notes to learn more about our guests today. And if you want to support the podcast, then there's a few ways to help us grow. First, if you hit subscribe, then that'll make sure you don't miss a new episode. Secondly, if you share it with your friends or on your social media, tag us. That really helps us out. And third, uh, best of all, if you leave us an honest review, it's going to help us reach more musicians like you who want to take their music careers to the next level. Time to be a modern musician is now, and I look forward to seeing you on our next episode.